Welcome to Overthinking It, the website where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny it probably doesn't deserve. Uh, this is a special supplemental to discuss the end of How I Met Your Mother. Uh, on our last podcast, I think we, we referred to it as the zero hour in which the mother is met. Uh, How I Met Your Mother uh, running uh, nine seasons, and the whole thing is, is basically a, a big shaggy dog story. It's, it is a long, meandering tale that, that purports, or has always purported to be, up until yesterday, the story of how this, the, the dad, who is voiced by Bob Saget, and this is one of the things I never understood, by the way, which is it's one thing if you're doing The Wonder Years – and um, and Fred Savage is a child, and he needs he needs to be having an adult voice who's narrating his stories. But this begins when the when the protagonist is in his early twenties, and there's no reason to believe that that his vocal cords will were um, transmogrify into Bob Saget at some point. I should probably mention at this point that uh, uh, this is not a monologue. I am joined tonight by Ben Adams. How you doing, Ben? <laughs> Kids, I'm going to tell you an incredible story: <laughs> the story of how I watched How I Met Your Mother. Uh, hi, hey Matt, how you doing? Oh, I really like I really like that that How I Met Your Mother first regression. It's like my idea to write a song called Breakfast at Tiffany's about two people who bond over their love of the Deep Blue Something song Breakfast at Tiffany's, <laughs> which is in turn about the movie Breakfast at Tiffany's. I, li- I like who, it. It's who it's knows what it's about? <laughs> breakfast all the way down. Yes, it's pre- it sounds delicious. It does. Um, I'm, I'm doing all right, although I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, rather than bury the lead, I'm going to say right off the top, I am, uh, ornery about the finale of How I Met Your Mother. I am of, it appears to be, and, and the internet is always an interesting sort of, uh, house of mirrors, right? And just because people are allowed and complaining on the internet does not mean that they are the majority or the large majority, but it does seem that most people feel perturbed by the ending some some degree of annoyed and disappointed to to furious and betrayed right and i i feel that i mean i i, I come both to praise and to bury how i met your mother yeah and, um, and i think we should say off the bat that they're and not just thinking about the finale but the entire show is one of the all-time great sitcoms to me absolutely i mean i i have a deep deep and abiding love for this show um to just kind of personally, this this show I got into really after the first one or two episodes, and I basically became like an evangelist for How I Met Your Mother. I would like sit my friends and family down and be like, "You need to watch this show with me because it's hilarious." And then once you watch it, we can watch it together. And we, I actually had a large group of friends uh, at college because this, this it aired in two thousand five, so I was still in school at the time. And we would meet regularly Monday night in my room. We'd have a huge group of people come watch How I Met Your Mother. And so I have like a personal connection to this show um, just because it was like the chance for people to come together. Um, And so to see it end this way did kind of have it and a more of an emotional punch than than I think most shows ending would would have. Yeah. And and. I think the the thing that immediately occurred to me was uh, it was a quote um, from the creator of uh, True Detective, uh, whose name I'm googling right Nick Pol- Nick Nick Pizzo- Nick Pizzolato is uh, the creator of True Detective. I have not gotten the pleasure to watch True Detective yet, but there was a uh, Matt Rather uh, pointed out an interesting quote that we we discussed in a previous podcast. Um, about how he was mystified by all of the crazy theories that people were posing about True Detective, he said, "I'm surprised by how afeard they're get, how far afield they're getting. Like, why do you think that we're tricking you? It's because you have been abused as an audience for more than 20 years. The show is not trying to outsmart you. So he basically, and he doesn't name names, but he feels that that TV shows are." somehow adopted as their mission that like you need to outsmart and confound and confuse the audience or else you are not doing your job as a TV show. Um, and, and that quote immediately sprang to mind at the end because it became clear that, and, and I think, uh, this is not this is not just uh, my take on it. I think it's vocalized by the daughter um, in in a line that um, um, part of the mythos surrounding the show is that not only was the ending written in stone many years ago, but while the kids that are being narrated to Bob Saget's supposed kids were still young enough to to look like they were they were kids. Um, 
that uh, they they sat them on the couch. So this has got to be like six years ago, and they had them say the lines that would be used in the finale for the reactions to the uh, to the uh, to the the father's story. And so, uh, Ben, do you want to briefly summarize like what 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 goes down in that footage that they've had in the can for the last six years? Sure. So, I mean, the, what the what the plan apparently from, if not the beginning in the first episode, then at least the first season, whenever they film that scene, so they get the kids still being young, was that no, this this sure this was nominally the story of how we met the mother, but the mother initials T M. We we find out she's she's Trisha McMillan, but T M and the the mother her initials. Um, that she's passed, that she is six years dead at the time that we've heard, heard this story. And really, Ted is just telling this story that's really about Robin so that he can have permission from his kids to move on from the mother and ask Robin out. And then the kids in the canned footage that we see at the last couple minutes of the finale are like, of course you should go after Aunt Robin. She's the best. Um, and then Ted takes her the, the blue French horn. Yeah, and I mean, I think it, it should be noticed that that it's not just that they, they decided at some point to, to start the, the subterfuge. Um, it's at the very end, the the pilot, which is a fantastic pilot, he begins telling the story about how I met your mother, and it becomes a story about how he, he met this girl uh, named Robin, and they went on a hilarious first date, and it was going really well, and then he got a little too clingy immediately and sort of scared her off. Um, and anyway, like at the end of the first episode, he, he says it like, that's how I met your aunt Robin. And the kids are like, wait, our aunt Robin. I thought this was a story about how I met your mother. And it's like, well, kids, it's a long story. And so it was the first, the very first thing we learn in the pilot is that aunt Robin is not the mother. This is not a story about aunt Robin. This is a story about how he meets somebody else. Um, and that was a, a misdirection. I don't want to say lie, but like <laughs> it, it, it turns out that this is in fact a story about, or or you know the let's let's stop calling her the mother for a second. Let let's let's use the phrase the love of his life. Although that 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 right. maybe perhaps perhaps part of what they're getting at is like there is no such thing that that Ted always thought there was such a thing, and it's not. That's not true. People are always well, changing, and it's not. There's no endpoint. Though, though, I think the one of the reasons that I think people dislike the the finale is that we're, we're the happily ever after is Ted and Robin. Like that's the last shot we have is Ted presumably getting Robin, and then them living. You know, he's forty or whatever when this happens. You know, another forty years together. Although you know, that, that's that's the that's the story I think we're, we get at, in this finale is that. After Ted goes to Robin's apartment, they're going to now get married and live happily ever after. Right. And so that the mother is just another speed bump in the on-again, off-again relationship between Ted and Robin. She is just another reason why they can't get together as they've been, they've been on-again, off-again for literally nine seasons and she is she's the last and most formidable speed bump and it, it was um i think I think the most what, what I thought was the most spot on comment that I saw online is that the show really should have been called how I settled for somebody so I could have the kids I want that you didn't want to have and then got together with my true love after you conveniently died right right actually you know, there's a there's a how I met your mother reference there's a there's a gag a few seasons back where we find out that Marshall is so devoted to Lily that he can only fantasize about other women if he also fantasizes that Lily has some tragic disease, dies, he grieves for a respectable period of time, and then goes after the woman he's fantasizing about. And this is like oh, for laughs. That this is like this is Marshall is so devoted to Lily that this is the only way he can he can imagine being with another woman. And so now basically this is what happens to Ted. It's like yeah. the only way this is how he's gonna get to Robin. The, the Robin is now going I mean the, the mother is now going to be like a footnote in Ted's love life apparently because the love of his life was always is always has always and will always be Robin. Although let's but but let's forget that the finale existed. Right. There were there were a lot of episodes before this in which Ted pretty much says full out or at least implies through the way he has fetishized every detail about the mother such as the umbrella and that like you know it turned out that we were at the same we figured out that we were at the same party 3 years before that it really does seem like the mother 
is is the love of is his reason for existing and and i'm thinking specifically of this i think it was a, a season eight episode in which it turns out that it's exactly 30 days before he's about to meet the mother in retrospect and he he fantasize he's he sort of um retrospectively fantasizes about what he would say to her if he met her that day and he's like I, I wish I could have these 30 days with you because every day you know, it's, it, it becomes this really hard on his sleeve speech kind of, I, I, I found it to be, uh, I really like the speech just simply because we, we live in a, we live in a cynical world and the people on the show can be cynical sometimes. And, and part of what I loved about Ted is that he was never shy about his belief in true love and fate and destiny and romance. Um, and so that it really did seem that like they they were building the mother up as this ultimate romantic uh you complete me you know this this almost impossible avatar of romantic perfection that makes up for all the years of loneliness and dating failure that he, that he has put up with and and you're right there absolutely and that that's actually i think one of the reasons the finale got such a negative reaction is the show has spent nine seasons convincing us of two things that Robin is not right for Ted. Oh yeah. How, how many episodes? I bet it's double digits. It's, that's just about uh, Ted trying to give up Robin, Ted trying to get past Robin. Right. And actually one like of the, the last episode, right. One of the best episodes of this season, though it had a terrible graphic of Robin floating away. Like she was a balloon. But one of the best episodes of this season so far was literally where Ted lets Robin go, where he finally decides that she's just not right for him. And, and part of that is because because he's a romantic. Like, the problem that was introduced about Robin and Ted in the first episode was that Ted says, I love you on the first date. Like, that is the fundamental disconnect between Robin and Ted. And it hasn't changed, like... 10 years, 20 years later. Like that's the, the the difference between the mother and Robin is that like the mother likes all of Ted's goofy stuff. Um, so I don't, so they, the show has spent invested huge capital in, in our time of getting us to believe that Robin and Robin and Ted, despite their chemistry, despite their, their love for one another, just aren't going to be quite right. And that the mother is that the mother is the perfect person for Ted. Um, so to have it so quickly dispensed with so we could get back to Robin just felt like, I don't know, we were being cheated somehow. Yeah. And I think it's probably worth mentioning at this point, uh, the, the uh, secondary characters, um, the last three seasons of the show, the sort of dominant plot thread tying them together has been the courtship, engagement, and wedding of Robin and Barney, uh, played brilliantly by Neil Patrick Harris. And they... And 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 this sort of gradual transformation of Barney from a a, philander, a, a womanizer, a sort of a, a lout, a, a cad. Um, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to remember the the last name. Is Lorenzo something? Is his is his uh, pickup oh. character? Is well, it's Jim Jim Nostro is one of them in this episode, which was uh, which was a that that the I mean, so we should we should praise the the finale a little bit. It was well executed in many many parts, like. The bit where they actually have Barney executing playbook part two is very funny. It's how I met your mother at its best. It's three or four gags in less than a minute. Um, very punchy. Neil Patrick Harris. So there is good stuff going on here. Yeah. It was just the the overall arc. As you say, right. we, we've spent all this time on Barney's character development, and it regresses within an hour. Well, And, and also to establish that Barney and Robin – might be and, and i'll go i'll go out and just say it i like barney and robin i like them as yes. a couple and i believe that they are a better couple than ted and robin i feel like and i and honestly i, I felt like they were laying the seats for that really early on because i feel like there was like a season one or two episode where barney wants to go out and ted won't go out with him and robin serves as his wingman and there's there's this moment where she walks in and she's wearing a suit and suits are the thing that, that Barney loves most of the world. And he's like, you suited up. And it was sort of like right then I'm like, oh, those two need need to get together. Um, yeah, and, they, and she knows her scotch. You know? Right. And yeah, like, like I thought that they were perfect. And so here's the deal. The entire last season is said during the weekend of their wedding and all the hijinks of the weekend of their wedding. The wedding happens in the second to last episode. In the last episode, it is revealed that they 
pretty much immediately get divorced. Right. Yeah, um, three, within that, three years. And that they actually weren't meant to be together. And honestly, the last episode smack, takes a sledgehammer to a lot of what the, the series has been meticulously building over the past, not just this season, but several seasons. Right. And the, 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 the problem with this, I think, has to do with that the thing we were just talking about with what the daughter says about um, what this story has been like, re- well, really been this about. It wasn't about the mother at all. Right. But the, well, the problem that I that I have with it is that the, the daughter suggests that there's an ulterior motive for the story. But for me, at least. The vast majority of times I tell personal stories like, oh, how did you meet your wife? Or, you know, tell me about, you know, the best time you ever had with your brother. It wasn't for any ulterior motive. I'm not telling people about how I met my wife so that I can manipulate them emotionally in some way or because I'm about to ask them a big question. It's because... I'm stuck, you know, I'm in the, I'm in the military. So I'm, you know, it's because I'm stuck on watch with somebody for five hours. (laughs) It's pitch black. I have nothing to do and I'm going to kill some time. And so, Hey, let me tell you the story of how I met your mother. Are you not allowed to play candy crush when you're on watch? It's generally frowned upon. Gotcha. So, so to me, at least like how I met your mother has always been, as you say, it's a shaggy dog story. It's a story about, getting from point A to point B because it's an entertaining story that you think the listener might be interested in. Yeah. And like, that's, that's how most parents tell their kids the story of how they met is, Hey, maybe you kids will find this entertaining. And like yeah. the show throughout has shown us the kids being alternatively like interested and bored in the story. And so like recasting this as somehow a story motivated by some ulterior desire is just odd to me. Yeah, although you know, I'll even go further and say, here's what I thought I was watching. Here, here's what I thought was great about How I Met Your Mother is that it is a story. What he's really telling is a story about how I became the man that was worthy of your mother, and right. he's telling a story about how he grew up, right? And it, it yes. accumulates in this moment. And because when I was watching this, I completely I could identify with Ted a lot. I as well sort of spent my twenties in the city. I had a lot of dating experiences. I was lonely a lot. I felt like all my friends were coupled up. I sort of felt like there was somebody out there, and we were probably taking the same train together. And one day, we'd, we'd look back on the fact that we lived two blocks apart and laugh. And, and But then there was this idea that like everything that you go through, all the bad stuff and all the good stuff is sort of preparing you, is getting you ready for that. And so the episodes, when he's leaving Robin behind... I thought I thought what I was watching is like that's good that he's leaving Robin behind. He's getting himself ready. He's becoming a better person, and so that he will be ready to like be and 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 to contrast it with the first episode, right? Where he is not. He meets this girl and he almost ruins it. And he probably I mean he probably ruins it forever by declaring his love for her like two hours after meeting her. And that's that's not that that's not a mature thing to do, right? That's a puppy dog thing to do, and so. I thought what we were watching is a series about how I grew and changed, and so that like the day that your mother came along, I was like ready for her, thanks to like you know my friends and like all the thing- all the crazy things I did in my twenties and all the mistakes I made, and all the women that it didn't work out with, but I sort of learned how to be a better man through them right that's not what we were watching what we're watching is a story about how like really. Like everything has just brought me around in a circle to where I was when I was 23, and literally the the last thing that happens in the series is he goes and gets the the blue French horn, which is the symbol of their their relationship from the from their very first date in that restaurant. So he he literally he regresses. He goes back to the beginning, and and you could you could say that he's older and wiser, but it 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 it, it turned out that the show that the creators were making was not the show that I thought I was watching. And I think that's right. And so one thing I think we should talk about is, so how does this finale change the show? Because as you said, there's been, you know, 100 plus episodes of the show, you know, and presumably, you know, Pineapple Incident is one of my favorite episodes from the first season. Like that won't get less funny because the finale is different. But this does, because this show is all about this one particular story, it has this framing device that's universal I think that this finale has a, a different impact than maybe the finale, other less satisfying finales. Like, 
so the Sopranos, I know people, that's a very controversial finale, but the fact that that, that episode people don't like, I think has a different relationship with the rest of the show yeah. than this finale does to the rest of how I met your mother. You know, it, I, th- I think it's, it's gotta be compared with the last episode of lost because in a yes. similar way that, that this show from the very beginning has sort of promised very implicitly in the title that like the answers will be, will come at the very end. The keystone to this arch will be put into place, and the picture will be complete. And so it it, it kind of has to live and die by its finale. You could look at like other sh- like who cares what the final episode of Married with Children was, right? It was just another episode of Married with Children, right? Or or even been- or even Seinfeld, which had a you know notoriously controversial. It was a show about nothing. So yeah. you can throw on an episode from syndication, and it's still a show about nothing, even though the finale was maybe a little disappointing. Like, it doesn't doesn't matter. Yeah, whereas this, especially for a sitcom, is very heavily serialized that it, it tells if, – if you watched How I Met Your Mother out of order, you would have trouble. Right. Because there, there are very distinct arcs that are that, that all the characters are going through at all times, and they, they do – I like to think that they've, they've evolved and they've changed, but – you know, then in the last episode, Barney's back to hitting on ladies, and he's got a cute little kid. But it basically it basically says that like you you were wrong if you thought that Barney changed and you thought that Barney grew up because he found the woman of his dreams and he was willing to become a better man for her. That that that's that's foolish. Um, and this might be a good time to bring out sort of my pet theory about this, which is it goes back to the idea that. This footage, this footage of the kids and their reaction to the story and the, the girl's observation that it's not a story about the mother. It's a story about how you're in love with Aunt Robin and you have our permission to go out and get her. That if that's been in the can for – I don't think it was the first season, but I feel like it was one of the first few seasons. Then in a way, they're locked into that ending unless they're willing to scrap it and recast the kids and start again or do something that doesn't involve a reaction of the kids that they must end the show – with him getting together with Robin and who knows exactly how they, how they saw themselves getting that way first. I don't know if they, I mean, I, I, I guess, is it, is it clear from the way that she says it, that they always knew the mother was dead or could, could it have been like, I got divorced from your mother and yes, because I think because this, I'm fairly certain it's the daughter that makes a reference to the fact that the mom has been gone for six years now. Yeah. So I, so I, and I think, that this is maybe a cautionary tale about calling your shot, for ser- particularly for serialized drama. It's one thing if you're making a one-and-done Netflix season where you know the number of episodes you have and you can kind of predict that in advance. Like, this would have been a great ending if they had ended How I Met Your Mother in season one or season two where you hadn't had this huge investment of character arc Right, and they, well, and they hadn't been together and broken up so many times when uh, he hadn't married Ted. She, uh, Robin, had not gotten married to Ted's best friend, and Ted was the best man at that wedding. That, right? You know, yeah, it's the the it's one thing to have the mom die and Ted hook up with Robin, but having to break up Robin and Barney to make that happen. I mean, they, they pretty like much had to well, hand wave away like the last few. I mean, they, they they had to go back in time, and it seems it 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 seems to make a lot of the show superfluous. Although, I mean, I suppose that if the creators were here now, they would just be like, "This is what happens in life." Or, or I mean, I, I guess they would probably say that like the mother is maybe the love of Ted's life, and every moment he spent with her was pure bliss. And then she passed, and now he is moving on, and that's what happens in life. But that's. Right. And, but I, I, I would, I would call shenanigans there because this is not a documentary. This didn't, didn't happen. Happen. <laughs> this didn't just happen to Ted, and you happened to capture it with your cameras. You wrote this happening to Ted because this is the story you wanted to tell. Right. Like we've been talking. You know, I was just talking about you know the the motives we tell stories. That's different when you're trying, writing in an artistic work. Yeah, you you have a motive to tell the story. You're, you're trying to do something particular with the story, and you're, you're just kind of. It just kind of jerks the audience around with, when you're doing this particular thing. I, you know, that as you said earlier, that, you know, audit creators are maybe trying too hard to outsmart their audience. And then they lived happily ever after is a perfectly acceptable way to end a story. I mean, I think that's what a lot of people want. I don't know who would have been displeased by I don't know what sort of. Uh, 
I don't know who was watching How I Met Your Mother and had he met the mother in the last episode, and they had like a super great meet cue, which they did, and and then it sort of like you know pulls out with them under that umbrella. I don't know who would be like, what a chip that that's all we got, <laughs> right? And if they they. The one plot that I think kind of worked in this episode for, for a little – if they wanted to add a little bit of bittersweet was the fact that like as they grow older, the gang kind of goes their separate yeah. ways. They're, they're not they're still o- sitting in that booth in McLaren's when they're like in their 50s. Right. But you know, then the big, pull, the big pull of the episode was they always get together for the big events. And so like that would have been a great theme for the last episode of the show would be – they all lived happily ever after in their, their separate lives, Barney and Robin, Ted and the mother, Marshall and Lily, and they still manage to see each other for the big events. And that's what's important is that, you know, you, you stay with your your friends for these big events. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Nobody would have been upset at that. So I don't know. I, 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 let's let's try to let's try to be charitable here. And and why did the creators do this? Is it simply because they love Robert Travatsky and they they love you know they they love the pilot that they wrote when they were probably in their twenties and they just couldn't help but want those two. They wanted those two to get together, even if even if most of the people wanted the show were waiting for the mother. They to them the mother is just an idea, whereas Robin is this character that they love and they want to they want to pair everybody up and have like a Shakespearean. Shakespearean ending where like all their characters are, are you know. Well, it it is a neat little trick because the the fu- the the cool part about the premiere the pilot episode is Ted and Robin do have and have always had throughout the series great chemistry. Like the the two actors Josh Radner, Kobe Smolders, they're always great in their in their scenes together. So you you did in that pilot episode want her to be the mother, and then there's this oh and she's your aunt Robin and it's kind of a shock. And now the writers have to kind of write themselves around this problem of this isn't the mother, so that this is a different story than the one you're expecting. And so there is a, a cool kind of symmetry to the idea that this is how I met your mother, or you know, this is how I met, that's how I met your aunt Robin, and it's really important because that's how that that that's how I met your aunt Robin because she's an important part of my life that is now going to be moving forward. Um, but yeah. I think that the body count to get there was a little too high. And I, I mean that both obviously literally in the in terms of the mother, but also figuratively in terms of what they had to do to the other characters to make that happen. Yeah. I mean, they, they had to, to bend their whole series in dots to like get to that. You know, they, they were held hostage by that one piece of footage that they had to move <laughs> somewhere. I mean, you know, and I can't help but contrast this with like, let's say – Let's look at the the last episode of The Wonder Years, right? Which is another series where there's this on again, off again romance at the center um, um, between uh, between Kevin and um, and oh oh no 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 is it W W name? Oh no no no! I'm having a classic. Oh, Whitney. Uh, yeah, thank you. I was going to say Whitney, but that's not right. Who is um, also the girl in the pineapple Trudy in the pineapple incident? Oh, interesting, interesting. Um, yeah, and and in the finale, it's sort of almost casually revealed that like they're always going to be good friends but they did not end up together and isn't it great that they had the courage to do that it it seems it's you know at at the time it seemed like such a perfect end i remember watching the last episode of the wonder years and feeling like it was it was really it really hit all the notes you wanted it to hit but like you know there, there is tremendous – I feel like there's magnetism. There's gravity in sitcoms to bring everything back to the beginning and to have the characters all pair up in the you – know, things want to return to their simplest state. And I'm thinking especially of like the last episode of Friends by which point it started out as – the show was called Friends and about six people who were friends. And by the end of the series, you got three couples because like <laughs> that's, that's the sort of gravity of like the dramatic uh, – you know, the, like people clump. Right. Or even like look at the last episode of Cheers in which um, Sam doesn't get together with Diane, but they, they went through the trouble of um, of bringing bringing her back or bringing. Um, oh, what's her name? Why am I not remembering things? <laughs> so well, let me let me take her because Shelly Long, Shelly Long. That's that's right. They, they, so they brought her back for the finale just so they could sort of revisit that the relationship from the pilots. And at, at that point, he he uh, he turns it down. But the whole point is like they needed to come full circle. They couldn't. You can't introduce somebody in the last season, and that's the happy ending because like that's not the way sitcoms work. Sitcom, you know, look at the last episode of Star Trek: The Next Generation, and you need to go back to the beginning to like <laughs> tie, tie the knot, close the circle. 
So what you said about gravity, I want to seize on because the centers of gravity, I think we could maybe do a taxonomy here of like what are the, the different centers of gravity for TV finales? Because I think that's one is that everybody pairs off and then they lived happily ever after together. And then the other is kind of like the opposite of gravity, dark energy, where the finale is about everybody comes together, but it's the opportunity of that getting together is because they're now going to all head off their separate ways. And like the reason the story is, and like one way to end the story is they're all together, they're all paired up and they're going to stay that way. So we're out of these stories to tell. And the other way to end the story is these characters are no longer a group. They all head off their separate ways. So like mash is like that, you know, where everybody, there's this big finale where you bring a whole bunch of characters together but at the end, everybody sent everybody heads off their separate ways for, or, for presumably new journeys yeah. to explore new things. Or right, or a little of both. Like I'm thinking of the last episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where they literally had the entire town of Sunnydale fall into a bottomless pit. Uh, into the into the center of the earth, but at the same time, the core group of characters from the pilot is still together and goes off in search of uh, new adventures, which you could read about in the comic books. Right. And another one that I'm thinking of is uh, Frasier, which kind of like wraps up a lot of loose ends. And the show ends with Frasier on a plane moving to a new town to start a new journey. That's that this is now a different story. Does he leave Seattle at the end? He does. Well, he, we, we don't, we're not sure if he's moving out of Seattle, but he gets on the plane to go basically to go get the girl um, that he, he's going to he takes a chance. And so I think we're meant to believe that he's he's willing now to move to go somewhere new to try it with the with the girl. Um, That's it. So I don't know, and then this is kind of a weird mix of the two. It's just kind of a mishmash of of everything that happened afterwards. And it's I think both can be satisfying. There is something satisfying about these people will never change, and we get comfort from that. We get comfort about the fact that like you know there are always Norm is always going to be sitting on that bar stool in Cheers, <laughs> and you know that that that. that you know they're they're always going to be friends. They're always going to do the same thing every day, and they can count each other. But we also get cut from the story. Uh, the stories like I'm thinking like last episode of Six Feet Under, where uh, she leaves. Right, she gets in the car and drives drives east, drives into the uh, drives into the sunrise, um, and and it starts new. And because she's she's grown and she's changed, and now she's ready to leave home. Um, of course, you know, there's a big difference between a sitcom and a drama, of which I think How I Met Your Mother likes to straddle it a little, some episodes more than others. But, like, you could argue that, like, the default mode for a sitcom is to show a certain stasis, to show that, like, things are staying the same. And, you know, that, that you know, I don't know, I'm thinking of the last episode of The Cosby Show now, where it's like, you know, at the, at the end, the, the, it's still, uh, you know, it's still, it's still Bill Cosby and his wife, and they're, they're dancing in the living room. Uh, and they're always going to be in that living room with right. gener- that, generations of crad kids. That might explain why the Barney plotline and in, in the finale doesn't quite work. Is because the, if there was any character in How I Met Your Mother that was going to be the stasis character, for, I'm talking about from the beginning, was that was Barney. That Barney was always going to be a cad. He was always going to be a late, the, the perpetual bachelor because that's, that's who he is. And this episode nods at that. When he, when he, after he breaks up with Robin... He's basically saying that, like, I'm back doing what I what I am. Yeah, this is this but, is me. But the problem is we don't at this. The, the show has successfully sold us on the idea that he changed from that guy. And we're happy. Yeah, we're, we're happy after three seasons that he's no longer that guy, that he's matured, that he's like you said, we we like Ted because he's still a romantic, but he's learned things. And Barney's the same way. He still says legendary. He still suits up. Yeah. He still goes on crazy or, adventures. I mean, on a more basic <laughs> level, the entire last season's about the wedding between Barney and Robin. Are we not supposed to be happy for them? Like, I think we are. But and then, so that, like, are, are we not supposed to be crushed and or annoyed when it turns out that's like, oh, this wedding, like, obviously it was never going to work out. You guys thought that they were going to last? Come on. Right. So it's it's just a very odd way of structuring your story where it's a big arc and then it's kind of a, a spin move at the end to, to completely turn everything around um, in a way that I, I just didn't didn't quite see the purpose behind. Yeah, I mean, um, honestly, like I could have here's here's what I would have preferred. I would have preferred that he's 
with the mother. Although I don't, I don't quite know like what the what the logical ending is. Like she somehow like walks into the shot, and she's like, "You guys have been telling the story for a long time." Um, right. I don't, a, what, what I was hoping for, because one of my favorite running gags in How I Met Your Mother has been anytime anybody else tells the story of how they met their spouse, they always do it in like a sentence. Like just like kind of so like there's a there's a great bit where the Ted's talking to his parents about you know don't you have some incredible story of how you met mom and the dad's like oh I think it was in a bar and like that's all that's all we get <laughs> and so it would have been great if the mom had come in at the end and just been like oh what how did I meet you how did I meet your dad oh we met at a wedding you know and just like move on from there or something like that um so there are definitely ways they yeah. could have done it but right you know, but so I, but I mean I think I think what I was gonna say is that like. I would have liked a lot less, but still would have preferred an ending in which it turns out the mother is dead, but that is that is the end of it. And the conclusion of the story is like that she was the love of my life and none of it could have ever happened had it not been for like my friends and everything we went through in the in the previous nine years that got me to that moment on that train platform. And that's why like, you know, I'll never forget the story of how I met your mother, the end. Um and it's right. what what really I cannot get my head around is the fact that like the mother was another speed bump on the road to getting together with Robin. And that was really what it was all about. And it was never really about the mother. Right. I, which I think is, is what the, the cheat here. So, so here's a question. How many minutes do you have to edit off of the show in order to make this show that show? I don't think you, it's very many. I think you could probably cut the finale a couple minutes before the end and you could probably get the exact show you were talking about. So, so the question is, you know, are you allowed to do that? <laughs> can can we release the the overthinking at How I Met Your Mother finale That's that just doesn't have um, that ending? I, I have a I have I have similar similar questions, but there's a, there's a handful of other properties that I have similar questions about. I can um, give it a shot, although I'd really love if if the <laughs> um, if, if we can find other things that the actress who plays the mother has been in. If I could somehow edit together what their life would have been like. Uh, through subsequent works that that both those actors are in, uh, right, which which might be tricky and repair causality. Um, it probably should be said at this point because I don't know if I actually predicted it on the podcast, but I've been saying with a fair amount of confidence for a while now that the mother is not dead. Um, and the reason because and, and it was for a simple reason because I could not imagine anybody who wanted the mother to be dead like <laughs> like who would if, if you if you gave people a vote of like do you want the mother to turn out to have been dead all along or do you want the mother to be alive it's like it would be like 90 10 right am, am i right. am i underestimating how sort of sadistic and cynical people are no i, I think the only people that wanted the mother dead were the, the robin Pitt, lifers Carter, who would never was, <laughs> let go t- team blue french horn yeah exactly team blue french horn versus team yellow umbrella but no, i mean i think <laughs> i think the only people are Carter Bays and Craig Thompson nine years ago when they were writing this scene when they, and they were just thought, in love with like, Robin Sparkles? Yeah, right. And they they just didn't they didn't have an idea. They didn't know how many seasons it was going to go. That's the nature of serialized drama. They, they didn't know how charming the mother was going to be when they finally introduced her. Right. Like, everyone's going to be was, like, "Oh man, I'm so happy that Ted gets to meet her." Um, that, that was that was always a risk of the show. Was that you know if they introduced the mom, you. As soon as she's in, as soon as they've identified the mom, they're stuck with that story, and so they've they've got to do it right, and they did do it right. Yeah, and I actually remember having a conversation where where people were pointing out all of the all of the hints that they were dropping that the mother was dead, all of the warning signs that maybe something happens to her in the future, and I was saying, ah, what clever creators of the show they are to drop in red herrings like that to make <laughs> us worry. Because like, because here's the problem with How I Met Your Mother is that you know how it's going to end, right? And so that like they found a way to introduce some uncertainty and to make you, oh my god, what if the mother is dead? I hope that the mother isn't dead. But of course they're not actually going to do it because like why why would they do that? Why would they do that to poor Ted after like he's literally you know spent spent his entire life pining for and waiting for this woman. Um, but apparently they they went ahead and did it. I guess because I never imagined. In, in my my craziest uh, conspiracy theorizing, that they would somehow also have Robin break up with Barney to allow the stars to to, to uh, line just perfectly uh, to to get those two back together with the blue French horn, which is somehow still available like twenty years later. 
<laughs> he probably just had to buy a French horn and spray paint it blue at that point. So, I mean, we should probably sit, talk about the show more generally and, and what we did like about it. You know, the, the finale aside, How I Met Your Mother is still one of my favorite sitcoms. Um, and I think the thing that I probably liked the most about it was its willingness to take risks with storytelling. That, that even though I, uh, we were talking about the community recaps a couple of weeks ago, and, and Mark Lee had the, the audacity to describe How I Met Your Mother as a, as a typical CBS sitcom. Oh, no, and and no. I, I, I had to take issue with it because How I Met Your Mother takes a lot of risks in terms of storytelling. But not as much as – it doesn't go quite as out there as community. But certainly it's in the top 10% in terms of unconventional storytelling. It had the rhyming episode. It had the musical numbers. It plays with time all the time. It plays with flashbacks, flash forwards, flash sideways. Yeah. I Um, I think it can be misleading just because it is a three-camera sitcom. It's not a, you know, which is becoming an increasingly rare bird. You know, so it it doesn't look like Arrested Development. Right. And it's also a hang, it's, it's something of a hangout sitcom. It's, it's five young white single single or you know couple 30 somethings in new york yeah you know? so, 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 so in that does, sense it's it, it is it's, it is it's a throwback to the 90s sitcoms in some ways but yeah f- uh, formally the way that they craft stories and the way that the stories are about themselves to such a large extent i think it's i think it's right there in the pilot i think there's there's one thing when when he you know really puts his foot in his mouth where he's like oh man when i tell this story i'm going to change some things or something like that Right. You know, or my or my favorite is when the story betrays like a, a failure of memory. Because this is something that happens again, this is something that happens all the time when you're telling a real story. Is you're like, oh, we we saw our friend at that place. It's that Chinese place on you know, they don't so there's the there's the character Blah Blah who whose name they can't remember. He he just remembers that this girlfriend's name is Blah Blah. Or there's the bit in uh, it's another season one bit where he's telling a story about Marshall and then Marshall takes a swig of a beer and all of a sudden doubles over in pain, grabbing his mouth. And uh, the, the Ted telling the story of the kids is like, oh, wait, I forgot to tell you this part of the story. It's really important. And then they flash back to Marshall at the dentist earlier that day. Um, so just little things like that I really enjoyed because it made it feel more like a story you're being told by a real person as opposed to a piece of drama. Which, which I really enjoyed about this show. Yeah, and I mean, the, the, there was a ton of, like, stories within stories. Uh, there was the story about, like, when Lily was in labor and she asked to be told stories. And within right. those stories were others, you know, it, 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 <laughs> it, they, really, they really pushed it as far as they could. I mean, there were, there were play, I think there were multiple sort of Roshanon-type episodes where somebody would remember something. and it would t- I'm thinking specifically of the, um, the, the one where Ted is with Boats, 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 and they go to the Captain's Heart <laughs> Show uh, after having some large sandwiches. Right. Well, and the Boats, Boats, Boats and the Captain are a good example of another thing this show did great, which was just pure goofiness. Yeah. Uh, it just had a lot of fun. I mean, Robin Sparkles, the captain, boats, 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 the playbook. They, these were great things that they managed to work into the myth, the mythos of the show, and bring back. That they, they weren't, they wouldn't. They were managed to be goofy while at the same time keeping it within the story. They could bring these elements back and have them still make sense. Yeah, there was the, there was the infamous slap bet. Right. Um, With the, I, I saw something on I can't take credit for this, but that the, the real last slap was the finale episode in the face of the audience. <laughs> that's sad. <laughs> it um, kind of is. That's, you know, and I remember seeing at one point there was a, there was a list online of all the websites that had been created sort of in world for uh, how I met your mother, because like, you know, the people, you know, since it's, since it's like a temporary sitcom, they visit a ton of websites, they create a ton of websites and the creators love to sort of have fun and, and place Easter eggs for the audience and, and make this stuff in, in real life. Um, so you could actually visit like, for instance, uh, Barney in order to hit on women would sometimes create like fake websites to build up personas for himself. And these websites actually existed and you could go to them and like read a bunch of, you you know, material that the writers probably did in their their downtime. Um, you know, so it was it was playful that way, and it was a little bit, um, you know, it, it through the looking glass that way. Right, and the, the actually the related it's not quite related to how I met your mother, but I read an interesting article the other day about somebody uncovered the fact that NBC has to register all the websites they use for the various Law and Order franchises. 
which are all versions of because of the nature they're all like have these violent titles or are like cheesy takeoff of social media networks or like vaguely porn sounding and they're all registered to like one guy's name who's clearly like the social media intern that's responsible for registering like you know murderedprostitutes.com or something like that because NBC has to own all these when they use them in an episode but you know i hate tedmosby.com was was a much better use of of a url in a in a sitcom i wonder if there's a, a website for the wedding bride that was one of my <laughs> that was, that was another, yeah that was another great plot line right oh yeah there totally is there's a wedding bride weddingbridemovie.com and there's a there's a trailer for the wedding bride that i'm watching right now um, which is right which is great it apparently stars chris Kattan. <laughs> it did right it does uh, so i guess before we finish we should probably talk about marshall and lily because they've been you know if we're, we mentioned lost you know that this is desmond's constant is marshall and lily because they they got engaged in the first episode and despite that they had a little speed bump there but for the most part they've been like the north star of the show they're always there in some manner for the as like kind of a, almost a neutral party for the for the other characters right. on the or, show. Or, or you could think of it as like, you know, Ted has like an angel and a devil, right? He has Barney, <laughs> who is, is the most philander, the, 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 the greatest stereotype of a womanizer imaginable. Uh, it, it, you know, literally sleeps with hundreds of women. I believe in one episode he celebrated his 300th woman and went right. back and teased a kid in, in elementary school who claimed to have slept with 300 women, um, apparently based his whole life around that. And then, of course, you, you knew Marshall and Lily, who uh, Marshall, I, I believe, never even never even made out with anybody. Or maybe, maybe he did, but, but – but, um, oh, that's right, because he had the terrible college girlfriend everyone hated. Right, and uh, Lily made out with – some random guy uh, the first night they were at college who yeah. Ted thought it was him, but it wasn't. Oh, right, right. Um, but right, but they're, they're a super committed couple and they've had their ups and downs and they, they briefly separated, but you sort of knew that like they were always going and, and, and they were totally perfect for each other. They, they were really well-written to be this sort of like great model for like what a, what a, what a couple can be. And like, you know, even in the, even in the ways that they sort of like rub, rubbed each other the wrong way i thought were really really well written and cute absolutely yeah the lily was a you know a great character in in the sense that she was she was the angel on the shoulder but she also had you know her her devilish moments like her the fact that she would steal things apparently um and that they also gave her a great like very dramatic scene in this episode talking to robin about you know basically they're in the empty apartment that they're just about to move out of you know, so it's this broad set, you know, dimly lit, and they're having this very dramatic scene, and Allison Hannigan is in a spandex whale costume with, like, little flippers, and the front of the whale, it's because the Lily is supposedly pregnant at the time, and so the front of the whale's nose is her pregnant belly. So she's having this super dramatic scene in this ridiculous costume, and she nails it. <laughs> yeah, that was good. I mean, they always... Their, their plot lines, you know, could could sometimes struggle for drama, right? Because we know they they in, in a certain way have already had their happily ever after, right? That they've they've got each other and they're always going to have each other. And whereas the other characters are like much more unmoored in life, right? About I don't though know. It, <laughs> though in that sense, though in that sense, the the some of the Lily Marshall dramas were good because you knew they were going to stay together. And so the question was always the, not if they're going to resolve this issue, but how, you know, there was the conflict about, you know, in this season about whether Marshall was going to go take the judgeship or whether they're going to go to Italy. And that one could have broken either way. Yeah. And so it was interesting to see the dynamic and how it was resolved. So look, it's a great show. If anyone is a, if anyone somehow has listened to the whole hour of this podcast has never seen How I Met Your Mother, uh, you should watch it and, and don't let any reservations about the finale uh, scare you away. Because like at the end of the day, there's uh, there's got to be what like two hundred episodes at this point. Close. Yeah, I mean nine seasons times yeah. twenty three. Yeah, so it's and most of them are pretty solid. I would yeah, say. Yeah, they're very, and honestly, it's it's most of the episodes are you know. They, they 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 aren't trying to jerk any tears, and they are trying to. Make, but but you know the, how I met your mother. Every once in a while, would have the streak where they would where they would go really saccharine and go really dark, 
about like you know and it would turn out that like Ted had spent the whole episode having a conversation with like a hallucination brought on by his own crippling loneliness right but for the most part they they had a lot more fun and those were those were the episodes and those are the episodes I'll still go back to. I, I still, particularly season one, I have a lot of fond memories. A lot of those episodes that I'll still go back to, um, just because they they work as a as kind of a a one off, you know, little little sweet bit of comedy. Yeah, I mean, honestly, here's here's the, and I think we all know this is that like if. You can't go back. You can't do that. Th- I mean, you know, you could go back and watch, but but I'm saying that like, yeah, like Ted had like a really sweet relationship with Robin when he was 23, but that doesn't mean that when he's 50, he can just waltz into her apartment and try to pick that up again because they've lived a life. They've <laughs> changed. Like that's that's how real life works. Is that like you go on and you become a different person, and you have something with the mother that the other person could never understand. And it's not just that, you know, you could just, uh, like, the person that that you were that was, you know, had this relationship with Robin is not there anymore. This, this, I think, I think you, you, you on the Overthink It podcast is the first person I had heard make this observation, was that this is, this reminds me of uh, Rose from Titanic, who met jack for you know what a week on the titanic and then lived on to like marry some other guy and marry him for 50 years so bad for that guy right (laughs) yeah you feel really bad for that guy and that that's it's kind of like that that like if jack had somehow survived the titanic and (laughs) appears on the railing at the end of the that movie they couldn't just rekindle it where they left off they've, they've both had these long lives that make things different yeah, so I I so, I don't know. I feel like feel like this this show took a a wrong turn at some point. I I, <laughs> I feel like that the season that I I sort of began to feel that they were spinning their wheels was there was one season where there were like eight broken engagements. Like each character got engaged like four times and and broke off the engagement in the same <laughs> season. Um, and it was it was dizzying by the end. Um, and it really it really I mean I, I hesitate to say that the show went on so long because like individual episodes were great all along but the fact that it's not like the simpsons right where each episode exists in a vacuum and has no relationship to the episode before or the episode after that like this this show it's like there's a lot of great jokes that they can you know that but they need a clothesline to hang the jokes on and the clothesline was getting increasingly frayed and thin and sort of meandered all over the yard in in random (laughs) ways that that's an excellent metaphor because it because you're right it's not the simpsons but it's also not breaking bad where an episode in isolation is almost meaningless because it it's so much a part of a single story you you can take an episode of how i met your mother and get a lot of enjoyment out of it even if you don't aren't that invested in the overall story arc yeah let me let me throw out one more thing because it was widely seen as a truism that the mother could only be mad at the very end because the show is called How I Met Your Mother and therefore like the idea that he could meet the mother and the show could go on was ridiculous. But it never really... Would anyone have cared? Would anyone have rebelled if they decided to introduce that character and then have it be about how they kindle a sort of fledgling relationship and they build something, you know, and, and, it, and it becomes about how I propose to your mother or like you know how we planned our wedding or i'm you know i mean maybe you even changed the title at some point i it was just an extreme step but i'm just like it's it seems very rigid thinking that like you literally cannot have him meet the mother until five minutes before the ending because because what because the the television police will come and take you away i i i could not agree more i've always felt like, well, can't we get us at least a season with the mother? And, and again, kind of going back to the way people tell stories, I guarantee if you go up to uh, your parents and ask them, how did you meet mom or how did you meet dad? Right. You're it gonna doesn't get a, end at the second that you right. introduce yourself. <laughs> You're going to get it's a story that's like half, oh, well, we had a mutual friend in college. And then when we were both living in this city – they thought it would be great if we had dinner. So we had dinner at this French restaurant, but it was raining that day. And so, you know, and then you're going to get a story about how that turned, how the relationship blossomed into, yeah. you know, and then it's going to end, you know, at some point. But the, 
Absolutely. The, the meeting the mother is the middle of the story, not yeah, the beginning of the story. I think the writers could have really killed it had they given themselves permission to do so. Because then the, then the mother could have become like a secondary narrator and you could have done what they love to do so well, which is to have sort of two people telling a story from different sides and sort of converging on the middle. Like, you know, they're, they're either telling different halves of the same story or they're telling the same story in different ways. And they're telling, oh, I'll never forget the first time that like you met my dad. Or, you know, the time that, like, you killed my pet and had to cover it up. Right. Um, you well, know, whatever, whatever it is. I mean, there's a whole thing. And, and it would be like any – I mean, there's a lot of shows about people dating and you know that they're going to get together and everything. But it would be interesting to hear it narrated in that sort of, like, it's already happened way. Right. And there was, there was a time that I was convinced this was going to happen because there was a, uh, there was a reference in one of the uh, – in a Stella episode where Stella talks about how she was at a St. Patrick's Day party. And, and everybody on the internet, and me including, was convinced that this meant that she is the one who had left the yellow umbrella behind at the St. Patrick's Day party. And that, that somehow they were going to twist it so that Stella was the mother. Which I think would have worked just fine because Sarah, I, Sarah Chalk is a national treasure. Yeah, no, she's And she would have been a great mother. Um, yeah, you know, I mean, there's so many different directions they could have taken it. Perhaps someday the, the behind the, the, the door of the writer's room tales will be told. I got to imagine, I, I, I got to imagine there was discussion at some point, even if the creators knew from day one, kind of how they wanted to take it. At some point they must've discussed like now that the series is evolving and you know, now that it's going more seasons than we thought, are there other directions that we want to go? You know, could we have a meet the mother? And it becomes more about like, you know, it's like, sure, that's how I was introduced to her, but that's not really how I met her. That's right. not really like, it could, you know, it could end with the first time they say, I love you. It could end with like the engagement. It could end with the wedding. And, you know, but I, I think that for better or for worse, they were very committed to the conceit. That yeah. This is a story so, about how I met your mother and that it will end with the meeting of the mother and so, no, so I no guess, matter how long it takes. I guess so the two questions is one 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 facetious one. So is there a guy sitting somewhere, you know, a guy or girl who is in the writer's room making this point who's like just stewing right now with like, you know, ten thousand megawatts of I told you so at his fellow writers who who shouted him down when he made this point that no, we can't do this. <laughs> we can't we can't have we can do we can meet the mother and still move on with the show. Yeah. I mean uh, they, they but, tried to split the difference by by having the mother be a part of this season without actually but still keeping them apart until the right, last which, episode. Which I thought worked quite well. And so I guess my my serious question is I'm curious how much will the, this reaction and kind of the lessons learned from this show affect the I don't know if it's a spinoff, the 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 special victims unit, the the new version of How I Met Your Father coming this fall on CBS. Which is you, you got to imagine that like the very first thing that happens, like in the next interview they give, they have to swear on a stack of Bibles that the father is not dead. Right, right. He is alive, and when I hope that that, like they're not going to pull the same trick. But it would be great if they did. It would be great if they (laughs) promised us it didn't happen, and then nine years from now, it's like no, he's he's totally dead. (laughs) That would be that would be a pretty impressive. (laughs) Then at that point, you know for a fact they're just trolling. They're they're just doing it because they enjoy getting people to like fall in love with fictional characters, and then to kill those fictional characters because they like to play God. We find that this is an elaborate, like, 18-year con by Carter Bays and Craig Thomas just to get to that moment. <laughs> that, see, that would be a great it's, episode of How I Met it's, Your Mother, where it's, yeah, all, it's it, all being told retrospectively. Yeah, you see, they, kids, they, nine years ago. <laughs> no, no, they go on, like, today, the Today Show and re, and say that they can now settle the $1 bet that they made with each other. <laughs> they totally mess with America. Uh, well... Is this is this the point where we we make a legendary joke and and call it a day? I think so. I think this is where we find out that yeah. uh, Matt Rather has been dead this entire podcast. I am I am kind of sad to like stop talking about how I met your mother because I like to talk about how I met your mother. Maybe maybe we'll have to do one of those things where like five years from now we agree to like rewatch it from the beginning. All all the key moments. So uh, we can do something like we can do something like the AV Club. They always go back. They'll do their their recaps. I, yeah. Because uh, how I met your mother is a fun show to talk about because it is. It's a sitcom that is trying to – it's a a conventional-looking sitcom that is actually doing a lot more than a conventional sitcom. So it's kind of right in overthinking its wheelhouse. Yeah. Anyway, 
Fair, farewell to Ted. I hope, I hope that he finds happiness with Robin, even though from their history, there's absolutely no reason to believe that, that they're, they're going to sail into the sunset with smooth sailing on calm seas. Him and, um, him and Robin Sparkles will be, you know, walking in the sand together with, their, with the robot. Yeah. All right. Well, fair, fair, farewell to them. And farewell to all of you out in podcast land. I hope, I hope, you, no, I was, I was going to be like, I hope you guys haven't been dead the whole time. That's a terrible <laughs> way to end the podcast. Um, make sure you listen to our regular podcast where Matt Rather hopes, uh, hosts and usually has a more graceful ending that I'm about to provide. Uh, and visit us on the web at overthinkia.com where we subject the popular culture to a level of scrutiny. It probably, it probably doesn't, doesn't deserve. deserve. I had a complicated theory at one point about how How I Met Your Mother was really some sort of a prequel to Full House, which is why the involvement of Bob Saget. And it, 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 there was no logical way. And involved that, that, that the, the kids on the couch were actually the Olsen twins. Even though I know the Olsen twins play one person. It wasn't a very good theory. <laughs>